Hi everybody, I'm Jeff Suckendorf, CEO of UTDs. I don't even know my name, my company anymore, it's changed. We did <laughs> what, that five times. Is the name changed? Yeah, it's UTD Scuba Diving now, not Unified Team Diving. Well, it's Unified Team Diving or UTD Scuba or Diving. Or UTD Scuba Diving. You gotta have an official name. It's UTD Scuba Diving. Okay. All right, welcome back. I'm Jeff Suckendorf, CEO of UTD Scuba Diving, here with Ben Boss, our training director. Hey, Ben. Hey, hey. Thanks for joining me again. Back with Simon Mitchell from um, New Zealand, and we're going to pick up where we left off uh, in the last episode, and we're going to open up this can of worms on deep stops. So here we go. Take some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> the deep stop debacle, as I said, as I wrote it to you, Simon. I mean, one of the biggest, as you might know now, you've seen the materials, uh, the biggest change we've done in the new uh, adaptation of Ratio Deco, our, our strategy we use to planning our, you know, ascent um, now called Ratio Deco 3.0. Um, I spent a long time researching a lot of different uh, things, papers and, and, and other science that now has suggested that we can do this more aggressively. And that's also what the outcome have been. But still, we, we, we kept calling it deep stops because, yeah, it's, it's a name. And I think in one of the slides, I actually allude to this, that, yes, it's called a deep stop. But, hey, you know, a pizza is called a pizza and lasagna is called lasagna. And I know for a fact I had a, an Italian instructor with me on an expedition here in the north. And the boat captain or the, the, the chef on the boat here in, up in north in Denmark, he prepared lasagna. And I remember so so vividly that Simone, the guy, the Italian instructor we have, he started eating and he's, he asks, what's this? And, and the chef said, well, that's lasagna. And he's like, it's very nice, but it's not lasagna. I think it just illustrates the point perfectly that, you know, you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't mean that it's the same thing. And I think that's with deep stops, um, something it's mis misunderstood by many divers and especially when they link it or relate it to to subjects that they maybe even know less about uh, for example the need you study on on the deep stop uh, um, that they did in the in the in the in the navy uh, where they did some experimental dives down to 50 meters on air in a reasonably cold environment during heavy exercise and decompressing on completely on air. I mean, yes, I completely understand the outcome of that study because it makes sense they would get bent doing the profiles that they did. And, and I think we took one of those things is we took it to heart that, yeah, deep stops are not necessarily a bad thing, even though they, the name has gotten a bad rep. Um, and, and I think... I mean, what are your, your thoughts about this whole deep stop thing? I mean, people are so afraid of the deep stops and some of the people that do these things that say these things are still doing them, but they just don't realize they're actually adhering to deep stops. <laughs> well, well, it's well, a can of worms. For sure. Jeff called it a can of worms like that. <laughs> so you've just totally opened a massive can of worms. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, I was, it's hard to know where to start, but let's just say that um, back in the early 2000s, uh, pretty much everyone, well, even prior to that, just prior to that, prior to, mm. you know, 
VPM and, and yeah. RGBM and all that kind of stuff. It, everyone was using gas content models. So Bullman style decompressions and, and A, we were seeing people get sick and B, the advent of Doppler technology was showing that, you know, there were lots of bubbles after these dives. And, and then, uh, you know, a couple of people like Bruce uh, Winky came, came along and said, look, well, you know, obviously we're doing, we're not doing the best job we can with decompression. Here's this new idea, right? So we'll, we'll start stopping deeper. And, and the idea of that was to have less supersaturation in the fast tissues early in the ascent, you know, because mm. as, as you come, as you start your ascent from a deep dive, the first tissues that become supersaturated with inert gas are the faster are the tissues, fast right? Tissue, so yeah. let's, let's protect those tissues from supersaturation early in the ascent. And what that'll do is it'll stop bubble formation, you know, before it even starts, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll prevent these bubbles from forming. And, and, you know, there, this was all based on mathematical modeling and, um, uh, you know, theoretical considerations. There was really no study of it, but uh, the idea made such perfect sense, you know, and uh, everyone got on board with it. I mean, I was on board with it. I can show you articles that I wrote from the early 2000s that say, you know, hey, man, deep stops, bubble models, this is where we're going. It's all going to be fantastic. And, and you know, we lived that for, for a number of years. Um, and then... There was the NEDU study. Uh, it actually wasn't the first one. The, the first study that's, that threw a little bit of doubt on the idea was a study published in about 2005 by Blatto's group in France. Jean-Éric Blatto is one of the most prolific authors in decompression science in the world, a very, you know, a very good scientist. And um, they published a study where they, it was quite similar to the NEDU study in some ways in that although they did use mixed gases and deeper dives, but they, um, it, was a, it was a French Bullman-style model versus a French uh, military bubble model. And they showed more bubbles in, in, in some of the deeper stop profiles than the, sh than the you know, shallower stop profiles. Yeah. And so that, that was the first study that cast a little bit of doubt on it. And, but it kind of largely got ignored, uh, including by me, um, because we were so caught up in the whole you know, idea about deep stops. And, um, and then there, there, there came the NEDU study. And it, look, you know, Ben, you, you, you kind of described it in ways that, you know, someone who's oriented to deep stops would, would focus on some of the critical the aspects of the study you can be critical of, or, or at least, uh, point out that it doesn't bear a huge amount of resemblance to what we actually do in technical diving. And that's all true. But what it did show, it, what it forced us to do was look at why the shallower stop profiles in that study were better and why the bubble model profiles didn't work so well. And when we did that, what we realized was, look, you know, during the deep stops, we are protecting the, the fast tissues from supersaturation, just like, you know, they're supposed to. That's what it was designed to do. Yeah. And then, but what, but what happens is during those 
during those deep stops, the, shallow, the, the slower tissues are still taking on inert gas and they become more supersaturated later on in the ascent. And it, what, what it's forced us to realize that is that probably in most decompression sickness situations, it is those slower tissues that are probably producing most of the bubbles and those bubbles are then going on to produce problems. Like for example, let's just say you're doing deep stops. You protect the fast tissues early, which is the, you know, the tissues like, you know, maybe the brain and um, mm. muscle and so, you know, tissues that have got yeah. good perfusion, but at the Lean same tissue. time, you're taking up more, more inert gas into tissues like fat and skin. And then later on, those tissues become supersaturated more so than they would have if you hadn't done deep stops. And, and they produce lots of bubbles that get into the venous blood. And it's those bubbles that can then cross over shunts and things yep. and cause decompression sickness. And it, as, a, as a general rule, what, 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 what it showed us was that that's probably the pattern that's playing out in the real world, even though the NEDU profiles are quite different to the sorts of profiles we do in technical mm. diving, the same principles almost certainly apply that, that we're probably creating a situation by, by putting a lot of emphasis on deep stops. And I'm gonna come back to that point because that's very important, but by putting a huge amount of emphasis on deep stops, we're probably creating too much supersaturation in the slower tissues later on. Yeah, And, and that's yeah. probably where the danger's coming from. And that's probably why the NEDU deep stops profile failed compared to the, the shallower stops profile. And if you analyze more real world technical diving profiles, which we've done, um, and look for how the, the, the patterns of supersaturation uh, play out over typical technical diving profiles, so a very deep stop profile compared to a shallower stop one, um, we see the same thing, you know, the same patterns are there. So although the NEDU study profiles were very different to what we do, and yeah, like you say, they were air decompressions, we don't do that, we can still see the same pattern of greater supersaturation in the slower tissues late mm. if you overemphasize deep stops. Exactly. So the, the, the conclusion that we've come to in the community, the scientific community, is that you have to be careful that the idea of protecting the fast tissues early in the ascent is potentially useful, but you have to be very careful not to overemphasize that so that you end up producing a whole lot more bubbles in the slower tissues, which can then go on and cause problems uh, in the way that those bubbles do like so they get into the venous blood get into the arterial blood and cause depression sickness it seems so like this is an exponential problem though right a simple a simple dive to 39 meters with 10 15 minutes of deco doesn't seem like there would be enough time no, for no, that. no 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 the, the, right. the deeper you're going and the the bigger the decompression obligation the more important these considerations become jeff yeah. now that's quite right so look the Here's the key message from that long diatribe is that what we believe we've learned from the limited amount of evidence that's out there is that 
the idea of really emphasizing deep stops to protect fast tissues early, like, you know, like heavy emphasis on deep stops was probably uh, over embraced, if you will, mm. uh, in the early days and, and probably over embraced by, by bubble models. However, there is an, a clear acknowledgement by everyone, by me, by, by David Dulet, that by all the scientists involved in decompression research, that you have to you're deep, you have to have a deepest stop in a dive. And my my message these days to try and get around all this controversy is that the question shouldn't be, do deep stops work? The question should be, how deep should our deepest stop be? And because every long? dive needs yeah. deep stops, right? Like you yeah. have to have deep stops. It, it's it's not though there's, there's some kind of magical, you know, dichotomy where yeah. you've got deep stops or shallow stops. It's not, that's bollocks. I mean, you, you know, every dive has a deepest stop. The yeah. question is, where should we be putting that deepest stop? Exactly. And, and, and for and how that, long? That, I think, yeah, to give it long. some context for the people are listening or are looking at this that haven't read the, the study, I mean, you do a Google search and it's, it's readily available uh, for everyone to, to read. But what they did is they put divers in a controlled environment. They put it on a, on a pressurized pod that was pressurized down to about 50 meters, 170 feet, giving them uh, uh, a, a dive duration of about 30 minutes Mm -hmm. while they were working and they mm -hmm. didn't have any thermal exposure protection and the water temperature was about 30 degrees what is mm -hmm. that was it 80 is that 80 fahrenheit jeff 90. something like that 90 yeah 90 fahrenheit mm -hmm. um so you know and and if i remember correctly they were having reasonably long um ascents i mean i, I looked up the study and I think from the first stop depth that they did at around about 20 meters, 70 feet, up until 40 feet, 12 meters, it took 40 minutes after a 30 minute bottom time. And mm -hmm. that's just, I mean, they did that because they were only using air for decompression, but that's a really, really, really long time. I mean, that's 40 minutes of decompression. You haven't even started the decompression really, you're just ascending a little bit. And and, and then copy that with the fact that they were working hard. Um, I think these guys were on a bike underwater, mm -hmm. pushing out what equates to 130 watts in air. Now, mm -hmm. Jeff, you and I were both cyclists uh, and, and reasonably fit cyclists. I mean, my FTP uh, is, a, is a measurement of, of wattage you can put out for an hour is, is, a, is just shy of 250 watts. So I know 130 watts for 30 minutes. That's, that, I mean, it, it's a good workload, you know, it's, barely, it's a good workload. It's barely well, a sweat. For, for you and I, but underwater at 60 RPM, that's, that's, that's heavy. And, and the study also noted that some of these divers, they couldn't um, complete the, the workload underwater. And then the ascend, you know, it took a very long time on air, all that sort of stuff. And, and yes, I, I, I agree. It, it's not something that we do, but I do like the fact that, like you said, Simon, what it, it instigates the idea of, okay, if we want to address the, the, the slow tissues, 
sorry, the fast issues by, by slowing down the deeper part of the ascend, then it stands to reason that you also have to do that on the opposite side of the scale. And then looking at the slower tissues that you've now on gassed more mm. at the shallow part of your dive. And I think this is the biggest misconception because in the early 2000s, when I started getting into technical diving and, and started teaching technical diving, we used software to plan the dives. And back then the deep stops were just implemented by letting the software calculate the ascent profile, looking at where was the first stop depth and then taking the midpoint between the bottom of the dive and the first stop depth. And that's where we put in two to three minutes of deep stops and, and then just continue up on our ascent is completely, and we didn't do anything about the shallow stops. So to give, to give a, uh, the people a bit of a context with regards to ratio deco 3.0, what we've done looking at all these things, realizing that, okay, we can push our deep stop strategy much ag more aggressive towards the shallows, um, you know, maxim, maximum starting at 50% uh, of our depth um, when the decompression is uh, an hour or less um, has proven to be more than adequate. And then on top of that, we've added the fact that the ascent to the surface after decompression has been finished has to be really, really slow, much slower than, than anticipated earlier. And I think this also is something we, we tell our recreational divers that, yes, as soon as your safety stop, quote unquote, is finished, it's not a you know ticket to push the elevator button on your BCD to jump out of the water. I mean, you just got to go with really, really slow. So now we're actually advising people that if you have a decompression that is one hour or less, when you're, let's say, an example, your decompression stop is at six meters, 20 feet, the last stop, take at least five to six minutes to reach the surface. So a one meter per minute ascent is probably not a bad thing um, yeah. to get out. And I think this is also one of the um, things that we can hold as a difference towards the NEDU study, even though I think the study really highlighted some interesting points, the main idea behind the study was the efficiency of the decompression profile, right? Because these divers have a different method. They don't dive for fun, they dive for a job to get something done. So it is in their interest to make their decompression more efficient, i.e. getting them out of the water faster. And, and that's what they tried to do because the total times they spend on decompressing from these two um, Tallman uh, deterministic profile that they used and the, um, what's it called? Um, BVM3. BVM, exactly. Um, prob uh, um, um, uh, profile, the bubble model, was exactly the same length of decompression, just distributed differently. And I think that's very interesting because we, we don't really care if our decompression becomes 10 minutes longer, if that gives us a cleaner decompression, you know? Um, so I think it's, it's very interesting how those studies get interpreted sometimes uh, because the goal for the research is, is different. Yeah. I think the other piece of this that's interesting is where does, where does decompression start? You know, mm. and, and this has been ambiguous for a long time. And, you know, we've cleared it up a little bit um, in ratio deco 3.0, but, but looking at this idea of 
protecting the fast tissues and decompressing the slow tissues efficiently. Simon, if you were to say, where does decompression start? So someone says, okay, we've got a 40, 30 minute decompression obligation. Where does that begin? Uh, well, it begins the moment that the, uh, the sum of the dissolved gas pressures in the, um, in the tissue that you're trying to outgas exceeds the pressures in the arterial blood. Um, and in fact, you can always, if you're, you know, the, if, depending on how much oxygen you're breathing, there's always a very small partial pressure vacancy. Once you, once you start ascending, yeah. the oxygen window gives you a very small, um, you can ascend a little way before the tissues become super saturated at all, but you can't do your whole decompression like that. It would be way too slow. So you, you, it starts the moment you leave the bottom more or less, you know, like you, it, well, it starts in a fast tissue the moment you leave the bottom. You know, the mm. tissues that are close to uh, being saturated with, you know, inert gas at the at the depth that you've been visiting, then they'll start to outgas the moment you leave the bottom. And as you ascend through the water column, progressively more and more tissues will meet that criteria, you know, depending on how fast they are. Um, and you can enhance it all by breathing as much oxygen as you safely can, um, you know, which is making use of that, uh, the, the so-called oxygen window. But, uh, you know, so you are decompressing more or less from the time you leave the bottom because your fast tissues that have, that have equilibrated with the inspired inert gas pressure are starting to decompress right from the get-go. But there'll still be you know, the, the important point and actually one of the key points in all of this discussion is that there, while you're still relatively deep, there will still be slower tissues that are taking on inert gas. And it's getting the balance between protecting those faster tissues that you're super saturating almost from the moment you leave the bottom and they're decompressing right from the start. It's getting the balance between protecting them and not excessively loading your slower tissues with inert gas uh, during time at deeper stops. It's getting that balance right. That is the critical question. And, 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 you know, one that hasn't been fully answered yet. I mean, I think, you know, people who ask me, well, what do you do? And I say, well, look, I, you know, there was a time when I was using VPM and I've backed away from that now. And I now use gradient factors and I set my gradient factor I've backed away from deep stops to the extent that I use a, you know, a gradient factor low of 50. And, um, you know, and by the way, I'm not recommending that. I'm just telling mm -hmm. you that that was my best guess on the basis of what I know. But I quickly add to that, that I can't tell you whether that's right or not. I, I, you know, there's, I've got, there's enough data around for me to be relatively happy that we probably shouldn't be emphasizing deep stops to the extent that bubble models used to do. But I can't tell you accurately how far to back away from that. I just, again, my point is, I don't really know how deep my deepest stop should be, but gradient factor 50, sort of in the range of diving that we're doing, which is, you know, 60 to 120 meters, that kind of range. That, that seems like a sensible approach to me. And look, you know, to be, I, I'll, I'll say this, you know, you guys, look, we've gone from ratio deco to ratio deco 2.0 to ratio deco 3.0. What, so what's that all about? What that's about is that you 
as an organization have been responding to the evolving evidence. And, and congratulations for that. That's exactly what an organization like UTD should be doing. They should be looking and saying, okay, look, you know, where does the evidence sit today yeah. in relation to this? You know, as of, you know, March, 2021, where, where are we at? And, and the process of going from ratio decode to 2.0 to 3.0 is a reflection of the fact that you've been responsive to the emerging evidence. And I, I think that's fabulous. And, and I, you know, no one can say whether you've got it exactly right or not. Um, no. You can't, I can't, nobody can. But at least what you've done is respond to the ev evolution of the evidence in a, you know, in a meaningful way. And I, I think that that's, that's great. You know, I, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Simon, as when you said that you can tell if that's the right one. And I think this is the <laughs> biggest message that we try to convey in our ratio deco materials and on our tech typing classes, because some people, they think that we don't use dive computers because we don't trust them or we don't think they're correct or because we're afraid they'll fail or all these arguments you hear people um, um, suggesting that there's the reasons why we use ratio deco and and that's not true because you know in fact when you do a calculation using ratio deco 3.0 and you push your computer it, it equates to roughly gradient factors 40 45 to um on the on the low part and then around 60 to 75 high so the numbers are very very close so that's not the point, you know, and, and, and then you hear people on course sometimes when they realize this is like, okay, but I can make a spreadsheet, you know, and I can put that spreadsheet in a computer and then we have a ratio deco computer. Uh, yeah, but I would still not use that because mm. that's not the strength of ratio deco. I think the strength of ratio deco and the materials and the, the mindset around it is, is what we looked on in, in the first part of this podcast is the other factors trying to open your mind to the fact that, like you said just five minutes ago, you can't tell if it's right. No one really knows what's going on inside your body. The best what you can do is try to get your knowledge up to a level where you have a better idea to make an educated guess or an educated decision underwater when things are going out of the norm, uh, extra cold, broken dry suit, um, longer decompression than necessary, drifting away from your boat. Uh, what kind of decisions can you make? And I think some manufacturers of dive computers are taking this into account. I mean, Sharewater, for example, I applaud them for the research they are doing and the openness they have on their website. I mean, if, if you haven't, as a listener, looked at their website, even though you don't own their products, they're perfect and fantastic documents and and, and research papers on their website, have a look. Uh, but they actually have certain settings on their computer that, for example, allow you to look at your surfacing gradient factor. And mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect tool to judge the un-ratio deco initiated, so to speak, um, mm -hmm. diver to, to give them some kind of a risk assessment they can they take underwater. It's like, hey, what if I have to surface at this moment? What, you know? What's my surfacing gradient factor? If that's completely in the red, okay, it might not be the best idea, maybe in the beginning of the decompression. But towards the end of the decompression and you have a flooded dry suit, 
is it more conservative to stay as long as you can at six meters or mm. is it more conservative just to shoot out and do your decompression while you're warm and staying on oxygen i mean mm. you know you can discuss this but i think the knowledge people get from a ratio deco class just empowers them to read their computer better they can take can we take approach like this to all of our instruments if it's a computer a compass a spg a ppo2 measuring device on your rebreather we always say that your instruments should tell you what you already know if if it's something you read see or observe that you cannot see the logic behind stop stop using it <laughs> because mm. you're you're going down a path and i think i used the in, in the live stream a while back where we introduced the ratio deco 3.0 i used the analogy of driving in your car with the gps telling you where to go but the windshield is blacked out and if the gps tells you turn right now would you actually turn i wouldn't you know and it's a bit the same i want to confirm what this machine is telling me to the real life scenario and and, and i think that's that's the key and that's the, the strongest part in ratio deco it's it's not that it's a new algorithm or a different way of distributing our deco. It's, it's very similar to what's out there. It just gives you a bit of a proactive approach uh, rather than the reactive nature of looking at a screen. Yeah. And, and I, I think a pragmatic part of that, of course, is something you said a minute ago, which is you don't really know what's going on in your body, but you also really don't know what's going on in somebody else's body. Mm, for sure. Yeah. So you have this whole thing of the team trying to do something that meets the team's um, parameters, but the team might be different. You just don't know. Mm. We just don't know. So definitely. So to sum up short, what, what are your guesses about what the future might bring when we talk about decompression planning and, and, and that sort of stuff? What do you think is going to come out? Uh, yeah, it's a really <laughs> yeah. hard question. Um, we won't hold you up to anything. So. <laughs> no, no, look, I, I think, well, you look at the past and how things have evolved, it's highly unlikely that things are going to be extraordinarily different in the future. In other words, what I'm saying is, I think that data pertaining to this issue will, will emerge in a kind of a trickle fashion um, and, and gradually will refine our approach you know, as you guys have been, uh, based on that, I don't think there's going to, I don't think we're going to see some kind of amazing, massive, uh, you know, study that's all of, all of a sudden going to, you know, change the paradigm and, and cement everything in stone. I think there'll just be, you know, this trickle of small indicative studies. And already we're seeing that, you know, like, um, just recently, Mark Powell in the UK, and I think he was working with the Dan Europe guys, uh, Sandro Moroni, hmm. who you mentioned earlier. Uh, they've been doing a few, again, little studies. Uh, they, they did one uh, looking at two different sets of gradient factors in the UK. I don't, I don't want to talk about too much. It has been talked about online, so I'm not talking out yeah. of turn. It's not my data, though. Um, and, and, you know, one set of gradient factors, I actually forget exactly, so I won't say the numbers, but, not, you know, like gradient factors that emphasize deep stops and then gradient factors with less emphasis on deep stops. And they showed um, uh, that the 
the, the, the gradient factors with less emphasis on deep stops had a, um, a slightly higher peak of bubbling when you first arrived back at the surface, but then it tailed off quite quickly. And the, the, the gradient factors with more emphasis on deep stops had a very slightly lower peak of bubbling when you first arrived at the surface, but then carried on bubbling but for it, quite, you know, like, yeah, yeah I saw that study the, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, on the, you probably say that on that basis, the profile you'd probably rather do would be the slightly less emphasis on deep stops, which is the way we're currently thinking, right? It's reflected mm. in what you guys have done. And, um, but then Sandro has also done, uh, a, a recent study where he compared, um, a couple of gradient factor profile, well, a couple of profiles that were that were kind of like um, it was more like twenty one hundred versus one hundred one hundred. Yeah, yeah. And found that one hundred one hundred was worse in terms of bubble production. So, so in other words, what we've got is it, it, it kind of speaks to exactly the point I was making before. We've got some, we've got quite a lot of evidence now that you don't want to overemphasize deep stops, and that, and probably bubble models do that. Hmm. Uh, probably your old ratio deco did that, you know, yeah. to uh, not to, but ratio deco 1.0 probably yeah. did that, which is why you've adjusted it. But equally at the other end of the scale, you know, endlessly shallower stops, you know, endlessly shallower first stops are not hmm. good either. You know, 100, 100 isn't good. So somewhere in that middle zone is a, as a sweet spot and that, sweet spot, you know the yeah. point i've made several times already is i can't tell you with any confidence mm -mm. where that sweet spot is so to some extent we're all just kind of guessing and adjusting and i think that what we'll see as time goes on is perhaps the emergence of more studies like we've just talked about you know mark powell's one sandra's yeah. one that are going to help us be more intelligent about where we put that sweet spot and that's where our deepest stop should be and um, not do deep stops work. Of course, you know, you have to have a deeper stop. So, it, you know, we, the semantic, you know, thing like, yeah. oh, deep stops are bad. Well, that's rubbish. It's you have to have a deepest stop. It's just where it should be is the question. Yeah. And right now, you know, we, we are kind of there's a there's a there's a confluence of a gradual confluence of opinion. Yeah. It's somewhere around where a gradient factor decompression would put you with say you know you you've adopted something like 40 45 low I, i'm 50 low perfect you know I, mm. I don't have an argument with that at all and and my upper gradient factor limit is 70 i dive 50 70 mm -hmm. and you guys have got a, a something that produces you know your ratio deco 3 produces something like you know 40 45 40, 70, yeah yeah 70 so you know, that's pretty much what I'm diving at the moment. And, mm. um, and, and you know, I, I think that the important thing for all of us, all of us, if we're, if we're behaving as scientists should, what we should be doing is being open to the emergence of further evidence and appraising that evidence objectively mm. and not attaching any kind of emotional... Um, significance to any of this it should Pride. be yeah so you know <laughs> if, if it look if someone did the big study tomorrow that showed that bubble models were right all along i'd go right back to you know where we were of course i would but that i don't think I, you know i think we've got enough signal out there that that that's probably not going to happen i think we're going to find that like i say there'll be this confluence of smaller studies that will gradually allow us to refine 
what we're doing, which is the journey you've been on, you know, with, with yeah. ratio deco, you, you're refining it all the time. And that's exactly what you should be doing. I think it's an obligation we have to, to, you know, provide everyone with the latest findings in what we're, what we're teaching out there. So, and there's yeah, no reason right. that we're, there's no reason we're not going to see ratio deco 4.0 in three years. No, no, I encourage it, you know? Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, I think the, the area in which we guess is becoming narrower and yeah. narrower and narrower. Yeah. So the guess we actually end up taking is closer to the truth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. So I think that, that we can wrap this up. That was a deep, deep dive on uh, a really interesting <laughs> yeah. topic to all of us, I think. And, um, and Simon, you bring a, such a wealth of experience and knowledge and scientific background to it. It's great to get a perspective on this. That's that, you know, it, even though you still say it's vague, it's really objective yeah. based on what's out there. Yeah. So yeah, sure. you just really appreciate you taking the time to do it. And, uh, and thank you so, so much. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no trouble at all. Look, I know it sounds a bit wet, but I've got so much out of diving over my life. Uh, it's great to be in a position now to be putting stuff back in. Uh, you know, people say that kind of thing, but I actually really mean it. It's, mm. it's a real pleasure. And look, you know, congratulations, you guys on not sticking to the dogma and being open to change and, you know, uh, taking your approach to decompression and adjusting it to what the science is currently telling us. Good, good work. Yeah. And we'll Thanks. continue to do it. So, all right. So um, thank you everybody for listening. You can um, obviously get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple podcasts or whatever. If you'd like to leave us a rating and review, Apple podcast is the best to best place to do that. We'll be back with more, all sorts of, of crazy stuff for recreational and technical divers over the next months. So, um, yeah, Just thanks. looking inside. Hell is going outside. One way. Working down the street of